Welcome to the Stronger Than Your Boyfriend podcast. We are Heather and Katie, owners of Barpath Fitness, here to help you sift through the bullshit and toxic misinformation that permeates the fitness industry. Today, we have a Q&A podcast. All right, so for these, you know the drill. We have three questions. If you want to ask us questions, join our Facebook group, Stronger Than Your Boyfriend, ask us there. Send us an email. You can slide into the DMs on Instagram at Barpath Barpath Fitness. (laughs) (laughs) All right, question number one. How do I get more definition in my arms? You have to lose body fat. (laughs) So you can't spot reduce fat, but you can build muscles in the biceps, triceps, forearms, shoulders, etc. to make them quote unquote pop and look bigger. Building muscle will do that, but also you, you can look bigger, but you might even look bigger than that if you lose body fat, like if you can actually see the definition in your arms. So I feel like what this person is getting at with this question is like the toning question, which doesn't exist. It's building muscle, burning body fat. And you can't just lift your way to less body fat. (laughs) That comes down to your diet. So, And the best way to do this is in an order, right? Build the muscle first. Yeah. And then lose the body fat. That is the best way to do this instead of trying to do everything at once because they're competing goals. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. You can't really eat more to build muscle. Yeah. And you have to eat a little less or burn more than you eat. Yeah. There's no fucking way around it. It's just we. God, we're going to have a whole episode on this. Like there is no way around it. Everyone wants this quick fucking fix answer. You have to eat to build tissue. And sure, you're probably going to put on a little bit of body fat. Get the fuck over it because you can cut it later. Okay. Sorry. I'm just like preaching hard. Yes. Ranting hard. But back to it. So programming is still important for this. Like if you want quote unquote tone or whatever you want to call them, more definition in your arms, don't just do a million curls and tricep dips every session. Like you still have to have some sort of programming, good programming and progressive overload. So like do your compound movements compound movements train all the muscles and you're going to be able to load them more. So you're going to get better results. Mm-hmm. I would argue that the best movement for your biceps is chin-ups. Mm-hmm. Definitely the best bicep builder that I've seen for myself. I wonder if my seps are growing because I've been doing more chin-ups. Seps, probably. <laughs> I mean, you have to, you have, there's, there's so much them. bicep recruitment <laughs> in a chin-up. So your seps probably are growing. <laughs> also, high rep ranges don't quote unquote tone. All rep ranges build muscle. So do them all. Don't just do yeah. like 40,000 yeah. curls and tricep dips and lateral raises. Yeah. Like you need good programming. I would even argue that if you want to save time, you don't even have to fucking do curls or tricep movements True. because if you're benching, you're rowing, doing chin-ups, you're doing overhead presses, your arms are going to look pretty fucking good. Yeah. And yeah, sure. If you want a little bit more definition, you can do more direct work, but your compound movements are probably going to take care of most of it, like 95% of it, maybe 90. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. There's no percentage. I'm talking out of my ass with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what I've seen. Like I wasn't doing curls for a long time and I was mostly doing like weighted chin-ups. And then all of a sudden I watched a video. I'm like, whoa, I never had biceps. And now I have big seps. And if you can't do chin-ups, we have a whole podcast on how to get your first pull-up slash chin-up, whatever, and blog. So, but even just training to be able to get chin-ups, will build your biceps because it's a different stimulus than what you've been doing. So cool. Good stuff. Okay. Question number two. (laughs) Is it possible to grow my quads and glutes 
without doing lunges or squats. My knee injury is acting up and it can be so debilitating. So at first I want to slap this person in the face because I was going to say, do that. hold on. I was going to say, why do you want Why don't you want to do lunges or squats? But then I took oh, that back oh, oh. because I saw they have a knee injury. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you thought they just didn't want to grow their legs. Yeah. And they didn't want to do the hard shit like squatting and lunging. Oh, no. Which is like, knee, come knee on issue. team. Issue. All right. So you need, need, need to address your knee injury. Mm. So the short answer is yes, you technically can grow your quads and glutes without doing lunges or squats, but why? It won't be the optimal way to grow the glutes or quads without any form of squatting and lunging. You will probably be doing leg extensions and glute bridges until you you basically want to rip your face off <laughs> and you still won't see as good of results as if you just did some heavy squats and deadlifts and lunges. If your knee injury is the th main thing that's preventing you from doing them, you need to go see a physical therapist and then a trainer after to progress what you do in physical yes, therapy. Both of those things yeah. in that order. Because the physical therapy, they give you a lot of good exercises. And yes, they are tedious exercises. You have to fucking do them if you want to recover. Yes. You just have to get the fuck over it. But they only go so far with how they progress you. And that's why finding a good trainer after is the way to go. And yes. usually they network with each other. So if you hire a good physical therapist, they probably have a network of personal trainers that they can refer you to when you're done with physical therapy. Yes. But in the meantime, you can still squat and lunge, but you can just do some sort of reduced range of motion work like box squats if your knee can handle it. Hinging would probably be okay. So, I mean, granted, you'd have to see where the pain is with your knee, but you can do some Romanian deadlifts. You might even be able to do full deadlifts from the floor. There is a little bit more knee flexion in your setup. So again, you just have to assess where your pain is, but any type of hinging is probably going to be okay because most of the load is in your hips, glutes, hamstrings, all that. Mm -hmm. So also, this is, this is a good time as you're going through physical therapy, not just you're choosing not to, and this is the only way you want to train. But as you're going through physical therapy and you want to get a little bit more stimulus, this is a good time for machine work. And this is where I actually do like machines is when people are injured because you can still get some stimulus to whatever muscles around the injured joint. It you know So you can potentially still grow some muscles. So. I would, though, caution you with leg extensions because leg extensions have been shown to cause more pain to the VMO area um, when you have any issue. So... That's the only they exercise. They should be called that, knee extensions. Yeah, I know. They're That's supposed to be called, extension. I know, they're supposed to be called the joint, but it, it's weird because some of them are like joint. When you look at the mm -hmm. machines, some of them are joint based, which is what we call them, mm -hmm. but they're called leg extensions That's if you stupid. look at the machines in the gym. Anyway, um, yeah, but yes, can't stress enough how important it is to fix and address the issue. Um, and that will be good for your aesthetic pro progress in the legs, but most importantly for your health and longevity and being able to move freely as you wish. Yeah, reach. I would definitely recommend hiring a coach or a trainer now, even if you are still going to physical therapy, because they can do, they'll have ideas as far as what regressed movements you can do. So maybe you're just doing a really reduced range of motion lunge or split squat, and you're still getting some work there and you're not losing that, that, that movement or th that stability with the, with the lunging and the splits, the split stance squats, but also like box squats, like I said earlier, Yeah. even if it's just like a super high box, yeah. you're still getting some stimulus there and you're still working a squat pattern yeah. so they can guide you on what to do so you won't injure yourself further as you're rehabbing it and they'll be able to ask you questions like did this feel okay they'll be able to adjust with you as you go whereas like if you're just kind of doing your own program willy-nilly and you're picking movements and you feel some pain and you're like i'm not sure if i should continue or not but maybe 
you know, you, you have a trainer there, they can talk you through it and they'll be able to help you see like, all right, how much pain? Yeah. Because some, scale? yeah, w- some pain is okay. Like w- when there's you're rehabbing. discomfort. Yeah. Yeah. When you're rehabbing. There's like a scale that you should use and PTs will teach you that too. Yeah. I would add that you, you can raise the intensity a bit on certain movements, like probably hip thrusts, mm-hmm. glute kickbacks, abduction work like you said, hinging, like mm-hmm. you're probably going to be able to do decent intensities on that mm-hmm. that don't yeah. involve a lot of force on the knee, but just don't neglect the areas like never neglect a joint because it's injured, right? It's all the more reason to work on it. Yeah. But work with your PT, your sports PT or your trainer if you've been cleared and get that knee feeling better. We actually had a client recently with a really awesome story about her reduction in knee pain due to the work we've been doing with her. And it just goes to show why it's so, so important to work on your, your weaknesses and get stronger. Yeah. Like she thought she was never going to be able to lunge again. Yeah. And then she, we were really working on it. We did a lot of, uh, surprise, surprise, knee flexion movements, which mm-hmm. is a lot of lunging, squatting, mm-hmm. knees over toes, split squats, lunging, stuff like that. And now she can just do regular lunges. And that's what hurt her before. And she was so excited <laughs> that she just, it was like the last exercise in her workout she said she was so excited she just was like lunging around the gym for like five minutes <laughs> and it. her husband was just like what the fuck are you doing she's <laughs> like i'm it. just so excited so yeah it that just goes awesome. to show like you need to move like you can't stop moving when you're injured that is yeah. the worst thing you can do yeah and yeah be be mm-hmm. comfortable with a little discomfort mm-hmm. around the joint but that's why working with a professional will help you gauge like what's too much and what's okay. Right, so. right. And also the PT will be able to help you determine when that initial inflammation stage is over. Right. Because yes, when you're first injured and yeah, that inflammation is happening, yeah, you do want to lay off. But there's a time to come back and your physical therapist will yeah. be able to help you with that. The inflammation when you're injured it's important. is a good thing. Yeah, you want that. Yeah, and it's that's why the, process. the whole rest ice, that's all bullshit because <laughs> when you ice something, you gets rid of the inflammation. So... You want that to help whatever it does. <laughs> it helps to it, it's it's part of the fight. Yeah, process. it's part of the yeah. healing process. So you want that initial inflammation, even though it's going to hurt. So that's why you don't want to do anything to exacerbate. Because there's always a fine or there's a there's a balance to inflammation. Like if we had no inflammation ever, we would die. But if we have too much, then there you know presents these chronic issues. Like everything in life. Yeah. yeah so there's a balance. Yeah. But all right, cool. Okay, question number three. Any tips for a boredom eater? I feel one. like this is me sometimes, but yeah, I track my food. So if I like, if I boredom eat, if I bored eat, I just kind of put it in and adjust things later. So that could be a strategy. I would say most people aren't as like meticulous with tracking like I am. And most people don't want to do that. And sometimes that's triggering for people. So the best thing you can do is do something else. So it, also, if you're at home or if you're at work, don't have the snacks or food around when you're bored. So like if you're at home, go for a walk. Or don't have any shitty junk food in the house. Because here's the difference between if you just want to eat because you're bored versus when you're hungry. If you're hungry, you actually want a meal. Like you want some steak, rice, avocado, or something along those lines. Ask yourself, could you eat that right now? If you could, sure, then eat because you're probably hungry and eat that meal. But if you just want to eat like chips or cereal or something that's super hyper palatable, like crackers, whatever, you're probably just bored. Mm -hmm. So... If that's you and you know, like, I just know that I'm not hungry, but I want to eat, just don't have the the shitty foods around. So if you do want to eat, you're eating like cooked chicken or something. If it's just like a mouthfeel thing, like that's better than eating crackers and cheese or whatever. But yeah, you could go for a walk and that will get you some movement and take your mind off of it. And you probably will realize after you move a little bit, you won't feel hungry or as bored and you won't want to eat. 
So yeah. And so go ahead. Whatever you want to say. As a veteran boredom eater myself, <laughs> I simply make sure I am never bored. That's um, true. This I don't know. She works 14 <laughs> hours a day. This is why I work so much. No, I don't know if this is a good strategy. Uh, but really, I do try to fill time with other things that keep me in the present moment. Right. So I'm not saying like overwork yourself like I do, but you can do other things that that keep you present, especially active things. Right. Yeah. Like going for a walk. Meditate meditating drinking more water certainly helps just being present with your actions so like before you pick up that boredom food think why am i about to eat this am i hungry how do i really feel right now yeah what do i really want is it food or is it a sensation do i want a dopamine hit is there another way i can find pleasure right now that makes sense for my body or do i actually want and need food and if you want need food go eat but if not what else can you do that's pleasurable yeah go have sex like that's pleasurable (laughs) um (laughs) honestly the best thing you can do is just what heather said but i'm just gonna you know term it is just being aware yes bringing awareness to what you're doing Mm -hmm. so if you even if you just stop and ask yourself like why am i hungry you're already bringing more awareness to it and then Mm -hmm. probably just that one question will prevent you from boredom eating Mm -hmm. and i've had clients in the past where if they want to usually it's at night because that's like tv time and we've all been conditioned to like eat popcorn, watch TV or watch movies. So in some reason at night, just everyone wants to eat everything. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of times I've, I didn't have any other strategy for clients besides tell them when you want to eat at night, after you finish your dinner, you are going to text me exactly what you're going to eat. And every single time they don't eat it because there's awareness around it. And we have a conversation too. Sometimes oh, cool. we don't even have a conversation. <laughs> but I told them like, I don't even have to respond. I just want you to text me that you're about to eat some cookies. And every single time they don't do it because yeah. now they're aware they're of it aware. Yeah. and they're being held accountable by me too. So hiring a coach could help with that too because they might have you track, which could work for you. Mm-hmm. But you could also think of it as a different way. Let's say maybe you're just not like satiated enough and maybe you're not getting enough nutrients. Yeah, Sure, you can boredom eat and then, but the foods that you eat only allow them to be like veggies and protein. So maybe you are actually hungry and you do like to eat when you're bored. Okay. Like hard boil some eggs, get some cheese sticks and veggies. So now you're actually getting some nutrients Cut up in. some peppers. Yeah. Like yeah. these are never bad to include in your diet. I don't give a shit what your macros or calories are. Like mm-hmm. they're eggs, they're veggies. You're probably not getting enough of them any- anyway. So if you are going to boredom, boredom eat, then do it that way. But also be okay with being bored too. That's one thing that we don't do anymore because of phone. (laughs) Yeah. Because of phone, like I'm, I'm guilty of this too, but like sometimes like when we're driving or if I'm standing in line at the the grocery store or whatever, I just don't pull my, pull up my phone. I really try and stand there. I just stand there and I just like in the car, especially I just kind of like sit and look at the road. I don't know. It's weird, but my dad's really good at this. I wonder if I've got a little bit from that. Yeah, because he drives, he with, drives like, no across music. the fucking country without anything. I'm like, what are you? Dude what? is the best at being bored. <laughs> Ken Cola, shout out. He's going to be so excited. I talked about him on the podcast. <laughs> I bet he is. <laughs> I'm going to send him this episode. <laughs> um, Just let him know he made a cameo. Good. <laughs> but yeah, so there's plenty of strategies there. Just be aware. Yeah. yeah. Even if like you text your partner or your mom or whatever to say i'm gonna eat a cookie right now and they're like what are you talking about <laughs> it doesn't matter you're still bringing awareness <laughs> you could probably even like text yourself yeah like put your own phone number in there 
Oh yeah, I guess you could do that. You could. It's just just uh, something, or you could write it down. Like write something it down. To Journal. Give you, yeah. Something. But yeah. yeah. All right, cool. All right, cool. Awesome. Well, if you like this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would just love go it. into your app and it depends on which app you're in, but you're going to like go to the star section and you're either, you're going to click on some stars and then if it says write a review, if you just do. click that and just write a few words. It only has to be a few. <laughs> just awesome. a few. You can say love them. That's it. <laughs> you can write a whole book if you want. That would be even better. I think it caps you as certain. Say yay the gay. You can say yay the gay. Gay. You can talk about that. You can say anything you want. Anything you want. Yeah. Except you're homophobic. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Please be nice. I feel like if you listen, if you're listening to this part, yeah, you're probably. Anyways. Okay. We're gonna stop talking now. Yes. Peace out.